0: Sweet <sighs> stay
1: with hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect wrong, issues as right versus wrong, wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation, and this is an important conversation. I have in studio with me Roger Bianco. Uh, he is uh, a graduate of the Leadership Program of the Rockies, class of 2014. And uh, that's LPR for short. You were a defender of capitalism finalist. That's a big deal.
0: I was, yeah, big big deal. Did, didn't get the award, but I did uh, get into the finals. Yeah. Did you get a ribbon? Uh, no, I think I don't think we did ribbons. Yeah, back I think in the, the
1: only person that gets the prize is the one that wins, though, yeah, right? Yeah. You were Steve
0: De got to give credit. I think it was Steve De that got defenders of capitalism yeah. for my class.
1: It's uh, it's actually um, it's a big deal to be a finalist because it is a group of sixty five people that all have a a great competitive spirit if you will and then also uh you know really trying to to think about what capitalism is so that's a big deal you are the founder and co-chair of the lpr mentor program you're a member of the lpr advisory uh, council and you are a former congressional staffer so you kind of have a lot of experience and property rights is something that like i mean it it makes you you get really excited about it you
0: gotta die on this hill We've yeah. got to die on this hill. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Kilo case. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, a movie a couple of years ago, The Little Pink House. So set it up for us.
0: Okay. So uh, first thing, I almost started singing to Sweet Annie, just reflexively, because I love that song. That would have driven your ratings down through the floor. Oh, uh, you're also I had, a musician. I had, yeah. <laughs> play the drums, but don't sing. Um, but anyway, uh, so so the last time we got together, we talked about property rights and the American ideal, which which involves... Uh, property as something that is beyond your physical things. It's beyond your home, your land, your car, the, the things that you have that are tangible mm-hmm. and you can touch, gets into your intellectual property, the things you think, the things you produce with your mind, as well as your religious freedom. And, and Madison was very particular in the late 18th century to write in his uh, essay, Property, about um, as, uh, that a man has particular or peculiar right in his religious expression, right? So th- these are that, that's what property is in the American ideal. Now, here comes Kilo. And, and it, I'll go through the history a little bit of how the Fifth Amendment has been interpreted, but here's Kilo. Yeah, and it's
1: Suzette Kilo.
0: It. Yeah, Suzette Kilo. So, city of uh, New London, Connecticut in 2000 approved a development plan which would involve imminent domain takings of over, actually, I think, 90 properties. And 83 of them went along, quote-unquote, voluntarily, but not necessarily voluntarily. And seven of them held out, including Suzette Kilo. Now, her and her family had lived in that home for generations. Uh, The fundamental issue here is whether the taking of the seven contested properties, and really, I think the whole all 90, um, is allowable under the, quote-unquote, public use Takings Clause of the Fifth Amendment of the Constitution as applied to the states through the Fourteenth Amendment. So let's see if I can find it here. The Fifth Amendment to the Constitution, um, double jeopardy, a lot of things in here. But the last line says, uh, nor be deprived, no person shall be yada yada, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation so those are the words at the crux of this for public use the Connecticut Supreme Court ruled that it was constitutional that that what the city of New London did was constitutional because the project would have created a thousand plus jobs and had and, and would have revitalized that local community so this kind of falls under the blanket of economic development and and many who have a broad interpretation of that public use clause say, that's legitimate. That's constitutional. But many who do not have that broad interpretation um, do uh, believe that it was not constitutional. So what uh, Suzette Kilo and her supporters did was they appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Now, the Supreme Court actually in June of 2005 upheld the Connecticut ruling by a five to four vote. So here we are, June of 20. 20- uh, 19, we're at the 15th anniversary mark of this decision. Mm-hmm. Now, here's just a note on this. And this is something that I looked at that I, I, I scratched my head about here a little bit. The court was, if I, if I was looking at it right here, uh, seven to two Republican appointed justices versus Democrat appointed justices. Three of those Republicans voted in the majority to expand eminent domain to you over economic development projects.
1: Okay. So now explain that one more time. So the vote was seven to it was O'Connor well, and
0: the vote was five to four.
1: Oh, it was five, four. Okay. But,
0: but it was, so here's what it was. It was, um, Breyer voted to uphold, uh, the, uh, new London to vote Decision. against Kilo. Okay. Yeah. Breyer, who was appointed by Clinton Ginsburg, who was appointed by Clinton Stevens, who was appointed by uh, appointed by Republican Richard Nixon, justice Kennedy, who was re- appointed by Ronald Reagan, and Justice Souter, who was appointed by George H.W. Bush. Those were the five that voted to uphold the decision that what the city of New London did in taking people's property was constitutional under the Fifth Fifth Amendment. Now, to overturn it, Rehnquist, Thomas, O'Connor, and Scalia, all appointed by Reagan, with the exception of Thomas, who was appointed by uh, George H.W. Bush. Now, um, two points on this. One, all of those Republican presidents—Reagan, Nixon—I think I wasn't—I wasn't alive when he first ran, but I was alive when he second ran. But I don't remember. And H.W. Bush—I'm sure—all campaigned as appointing strict
1: constitutionalists.
0: constitutionalists to the bench, and we could—we cannot legislate from the bench, and so on and so forth. We had a—and we had an overwhelming—we the the uh, constitutionalists, quote unquote, had an overwhelming majority on the Supreme Court, and they still. They still expanded the, the the public use clause under the Fifth Amendment to allow for essentially what you'll hear in the uh, dissensions that I'll go through. Uh, Cronyism—that's that's basically what this is. It's an allowance of cronyism under the Constitution and a devaluing of the very property rights that we talked about mm-hmm. on the last show. So, um, and then the second thing was O'Connor's dissension, right? Her 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 dissension. She she had a reputation as as somewhat of a moderate on the mm-hmm. court. And her dissension adds credibility uh, to the pushback, the movement that's since 2005 been pretty strong in pushing back against this Kelo decision. Um, Because she's not, you know, I wouldn't call O'Connor a strict constitutionalist. And she came in uh, weighing in 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 favor of a, a, a limited interpretation of that public use clause. In other words, limiting what the government, limiting the ability of governments to take people's property through eminent domain. And it really is that the just compensation part is not the issue. The issue is public use. Mm -hmm. And what is that? And so there are a lot of implications, but. um, uh, Okay.
1: Now uh, we're going to go to break here in just a minute, but you mentioned economic development Mm -hmm. and we see so many politicians that tout, uh, Hey, I brought, I, I was part of this deal that brought all these jobs to this community. Um, But in doing so, Typically, that big business gets some kind of tax break or they may get a kickback on the tax revenues. Correct. And so how, first of all, is that fair? That so they're saying if if I don't have to adhere to so many rules and regulations or if the taxes are lower then I can do business in your community. Right. Well, duh. How about if there are not all these rules and regulations and for the little guy and you lower taxes for him or her? Right. How about that's a good idea. And so under this guise of economic development and bringing jobs to quote unquote our community, I remember. Uh, I want to say it was like VE Corp. Uh, there was an economic development deal that uh, I think they brought him to Denver. Uh, but they're the parent company of, uh, uh, of uh, I think they um, manufactured socks, like in one of those smaller uh, smaller counties here in Colorado. I want to say it's up in Steamboat. okay? And so those jobs were taken from Steamboat and brought over here. Right. And they were done via uh, a kind of cronyism.
0: Well, yeah, it, it, so it, that's... There's a professor uh, from George Mason University, Ilya Samin, S-O-M-I-N. If anyone wants to get caught up on this, he he has a great uh, lecture on YouTube called The Grasping Hand, Kilo versus New London and the Limits of Eminent Domain. Now, what he says along these lines is that um, the justification for economic development winds up being... What, what this is, there's actually bipartisan opposition for 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 property takings. But this, so this is not necessarily a Republican versus Democrat issue. There's people on the left and the right who think that this kind of thing is wrong. Okay, what good. it is is it's a, and this is the way that that Justice O'Connor looks at it: a powerful, uh, powerful muddied interest versus the powerless. It's very difficult for people. Um, economic development's a wonderful thing, you know, and I, I think if you're if I mean, my personal opinion. If you if you if you say I'll give you a tax break, or I'll cut your taxes for five years, or I'll I'll cut the regulation, or I won't make you plant fifty trees, or whatever it is, and, you know, that's kind of an acknowledgement that that stuff is a uh, a a block. It, it's something that prohibits economic development in your backyard. So why not just do away with that stuff permanently? Uh-huh. Kind of what's happening in the state of New York, but um, with with kilo. Um, I'll go through. I'll go through. I know we got to take a break, but I'll go through uh, O'Connor's uh, dissenting opinion okay. and Thomas's dissenting opinion because uh, they were fascinating, very well written, um, and and that that'll give more light on this this thought, Kim, that you just brought up about how economic development, professor. Salmon says something that was very interesting. He observed all these takings and what happened to these communities after. Found out one, economic development is is anemic. A lot of these projects don't happen. In fact, to my knowledge, to date, there's nothing been built on the the land. for the the helo case my understanding he says that the feral cats are the ones that have gotten the most use out of out of all this uh out of the takings there and then he says secondly what happens is these dislocated people leave and oftentimes what they do is they leave the city they leave the community they leave the congressional district just had casper here they leave the congressional district they leave the state senate district whatever it is so they can't and, and the memories of everyone else is short, so there's no accountability. When it comes time to, quote-unquote, kick the bombs out for kicking peoples out of their home, Those meant the memories of those people are either they're out of the district or the other citizens who stay just have a short memory. And people kind of get used to having a nice little quaint downtown area, even though Suzette Kilo got kicked out of her home unjustifiably.
1: Okay. <laughs> so that sets it up. We're going to go to break. Roger Bianco is in studio. We're talking about property rights, Kilo, imminent domain, the Kilo case. We, bre- we will be right back. Thrilled to have in studio with me, uh, guest Ameridude Roger Bianco, uh, <laughs> LPR class of 2014 Defender of Capitalism finalist, founder and co-chair of the LPR Mentor Program. You're on the advisory council for LPR. You're a former congressional staffer, and uh, you property rights. You said this is the hill that we have to die on. Gotta die
0: on this one because oh, okay. it goes deep. It goes deep and long. So, talk about the the kilo case, and and really the the first you had I had been exposed uh, deeply to the kilo case was in leadership program of the Rockies. They they take a day and they talk about when it is it right to violate property rights, or right to violate rights, and they, t- they discuss property rights, and then Dr. Tom Cranawitter expands property rights beyond the physical, which is what we've done here. Um, so go to leadershipprogram.org to get information on that. The implications on this, and so th- there's actually a history. Th- th- this has been, Professor Salmon in his talk says that a lot of legal scholars were actually surprised that the Supreme Court took the Kelo case because there's a long history of precedent. And it's actually, uh, it illustrates nicely that the, 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 the move leftward, the the move towards using government to do things like, quote unquote, economic development. And as if, unless government doesn't do it, it won't get done, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't, if government doesn't do something, it doesn't mean it won't get done. I mean, the American people are industrious and mm-hmm. tr- trusting them is a, is a critical part of this, but... Um, so the the public public use is that is the idea and there's a narrow interpretation of the 5th amendment the public use uh, clause versus the public versus, versus public purpose which is what kelo expanded the definition to go from public use to public purpose so what does that mean well the narrow interpretation which is um use only if the 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 um the public is and this is what thomas talked about in his dissension is uh, You can take property, the government can take property for public use only if it's used directly by the public or the military. And he has a long list, but utilities, uh, military, use roads, yeah, yeah. so on and so forth, where, where truthfully everyone can use it. Right. But public purpose, quote unquote, broadens the definition. And it means that anything that's used by, quote unquote, the public. I mean, we talked about this, I think, last show or two shows ago. Oftentimes what happens is people running for office who want to beat their chest about all they're going to do for citizens, they just use the word public. You know, they mm-hmm. call it public education and public library as if you, you insert the word public in something and all of a sudden it becomes virtuous. Therefore, that person – and then that translates to the person running for office should have all the power and they should get all the money and people mm-hmm. and they should have the power to tax and all that stuff. Same thing here. Public, public use versus public purpose. Public purpose is is the broad interpretation of of the Fifth Amendment. So um, let's see, these types of takings, economic development. So the justification for public purpose is that the key behind these types of takings is is uh, that they create jobs, improved, quote-unquote, blighted communities, and are used by something called the public, even if only potentially, right? So they say that it doesn't actually have to materialize. Mm-hmm. Well, all the stuff that politicians say, and this is what O'Connor says in her dissension, she says, "Look at politicians can say whatever they want to say, economic forecasts about what happens once you take these people these people's right. property kick them out th- those can those can not materialize right we shouldn't we shouldn't make decisions to violate property rights based on forecasts and the like um
1: and O'Connor said that
0: O'Connor said that, mm-hmm. but development does not always occur right uh, We talked about that in the kilo case to my knowledge, still no development on those properties. these communities are not always blighted the 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 public use clause of the Fifth Amendment, the broad interpretation of it has been used in places like Las Vegas, Times Square. Unless I check Times Square isn't hurting for, mm-hmm. for commerce. And I would not call that a, a blighted uh, community. Um, sometimes it's used for sports stadiums. There's a um, the story of, Ch- of Dodger Stadium at Chavez Ravine. I won't go into it, but that was a uh, an eminent domain case where the city, I believe, of Los Angeles could have been the county or I don't know what it was uh, kick people out of their home just so that the the Dodgers can. And I love Dodger Stadium. Been there. Mm-hmm. Love the magic that happened. That magic could have happened someplace else. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we needed to kick people out of their homes. Um, ironic, not ironic, tragic, actually. Uh, Professor Salmon says uh, the people hurt most by these takings for, quote, unquote, public use, use under or public purpose under the broad interpretation are those who are the poorest, least connected, who are dislocated. They often move outside the community. And then again, they can't mm-hmm. vote the bums out, Mm -hmm. so there's no accountability. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the the broad interpretation of the Fifth Amendment public use takings actually broadens it for public purpose, which means you can take property. uh, The the Supreme Court in the Kilo case said it's good for governments to take, it's okay for governments, constitutional for governments to take property to use for broad uses that may potentially at some point down the road uh, possibly um, benefit, quote unquote, the public, which means, I guess, anyone who can afford it uh, to, to use the to use the the, the facilities well, built it, there.
1: It's the assumption that uh, okay, so that this is going to bring jobs and jobs. These are going to bring people. That's going to spend money in in this particular town, and uh, and to take people's property to really steal it, cronyism, right. Uh, and and you, if you watch the movie, this was all done for political purposes. And uh, Dr. Cranowitter has said that in politics, it doesn't matter what the results are. Right. It right. just matters what they say. So in this case, they actually went in and they bulldozed these people's That's homes. Right. That's right. And they took them. And that has got to be, and they did it because they wanted this big company to come in. Yeah. And as you mentioned, they took these homes. They dislocated these people. That company didn't come in yeah unbelievable now
0: here's what so it's pfizer uh here's what here's what uh justice o'connor said in her dissension and then we should talk about maybe next time the narrow interpretation um justice o'connor and thomas both smelled out some cronyism here uh the the actual organization that was responsible for the plan and implementation of the plan was something called the new london development corporation which is a private organization that O'Connor says does not really have a legitimate... It's not a government function. It's not a government organization. <clears throat> so it doesn't have legitimate power to use eminent domain. Um, she, the project was going to benefit Pfizer, um, but it also had pet projects, including an Italian drama club. My last name ends in a vowel. Italians do not need a club to be dramatic. We are dramatic <laughs> all the time. Uh, that's, that's absolutely pet projects and, you know, taking care of a local constituency. See, they do this
1: so that they can get people to come and support it. Now, what you just mentioned is something that I was always very concerned on when I was on city council, and that is the term public-private partnership. Right. Typically, it is cronyism. It is where the uh, the public official, the politician, the bureaucrats, the interested parties – can then choose over here in the private sector, you know who's going to get get the deals. and And if you think that a private company is going to come in and take on risk without some kind of a guarantee, you know some astronomical risk. And I, I'm thinking about the i36 project. They call it public private partnership. Right. Uh, in essence, um, they're not going to take any risk that 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 they haven't actually figured out who ultimately is on the line. Is the taxpayer.
0: That's right. The taxpayer is on the line for the success or failure of the project, and they also lose their very property, right? And so um, there's a, there's a uh, narrow interpretation mm-hmm. of the uh, public use clause that does not broaden eminent domain usage to public purpose. Now, and, and while well, just really quickly, the intention under, under this interpretation, the intention of the founders was clearly to protect property rather than allow government to take it. Modern-day takings are not up to the Fifth Amendment standard because that standard is public use, right? And we mentioned those mm-hmm. before. Justice Thomason is his dissension, list of util- util- uh, utility, military roads, et cetera. Uh, takings today are, and this was something that was common throughout everything that, I, that I've read on this topic, takings today are in reality, open quotes, taking from A to give to B for the benefit of B, which is usually a private moneyed interest. I hate I'd hate to, I'd hate to I, I, I would be hugely hypocritical if I didn't bring up that um, President Trump was a big real estate guy who made lots of big deals and he uh, called eminent domain a beautiful thing in the in the in the Republican primary which
1: we're going we're gonna let we're gonna have to let that hang that, there yeah. and you'll be back next month right
0: yeah, I Love it we got lots to go through
1: okay, thank you so much Roger Bianco.